This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Thanks for dropping by the beat here on a Wednesday program. We're going to hear some clips from Alex Golish, a lot on his quarterback. You're going to hear some from said quarterback, Byron Brown. We'll also give you an idea of what to look out and listen for tomorrow morning when Bullseye hits the air at 7 o'clock. Hopefully you've got it in your Bulls brain calendar right now, that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 to 10. show repeats every half hour. This here program, Bulls Beat, Tuesdays is when we bring you Bull Speed Ahead, and man, oh man, did Michael Kelly have quite the week last week with the JCOC, the Joint Civilian Orientation Conference, where he spent time with all five branches of the military, including the Coast Guard, and not only witnessed some very immersive, basically sounds like air shows in the case of the Air Force, but exercises, but also learned a lot about the folks that protect you and me, and it is must-listen. We speak about, of course, Bulls sports for the first 15 minutes or so, and then we got into that, and I just let him talk. I mean, he had so many things that he went through. If you didn't hear it on Tuesday, we'll replay it again a few times on Wednesday, and then by Thursday we'll post it to our podcast page. That's the whole concept. We want you to listen as it's streaming, but we also understand that everybody's schedules are different and if you want to go back and catch a show, we now put it to what we call the simply the South Florida Bulls Radio Network podcast page. So if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or Amazon Podcasts, simply type South Florida Bulls Radio Network to get all of the shows. We even put the entire pregame show, understanding that not everybody can listen to the entire pregame show. It really does feature a lot of fun stuff and a lot of interviews. So that is a new feature that we've done this year if you want to go back and Pick up some of the moments you might have missed from the pregame shows of the last few games. And reminder that this week we go on the air 90 minutes before kickoff. The reason it's a little bit shorter for road games, well, first of all, we can't do the stampede with Alex Skolish because, well, we're not there. Jim Lighthall and myself are back in our wonderful Amelie Arena studios, which will be even cooler now that the lightning season has started. At least the preseason has started. So we cut it down just a little bit and... Of course, the other part of the two-hour pregame is we understand people are listening to it. We want to give you that stadium vibe as you're on the way to the stadium. Guessing that not as many people would listen to the first half hour if we had a two-hour pregame show in Annapolis, Maryland. But certainly we'll still be covering it for you and getting you ready. Before then, we'll have women's soccer on Thursday night. So we'll give you a little bit of a preview of tomorrow night's match here. And then volleyball will be on the air on Friday night as well. Members of both of those teams were on the weekly awards list, so we'll fill those in for you again since we're on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with Bulls Beat. We don't have a Tuesday show to give you the weekly honors. Certainly Byron Brown was all over them, that in just one minute. We'll also tell you that men's and women's golf had very good results. The women's team was even in line for a little bit better of a finish, but still what they did in Toledo is worth noting, and of course we'll note it for you right here. And we'll tell you how tennis did in its first weekend of activity in the fall. So, Byron Brown, before you hear from his head coach, here's a list of his achievements. And you knew that he was going to be on the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honors. The trick was, how in the world do you decide between him and Naeem Himmons? I'm sorry, Simmons. I like that nickname, Naeem Himmons, as, you know, he is him. For Player of the Week, incidentally, Joey Johnston in his Victory Rewind on GoUSFBulls.com had the full list of where that performance ranked as far as 
FBS performances in state history. Sia Burley of UCF had the previous mark at 266. It was believed that Ron Sellers had the most yards, but there was some more digging done in Burley against Louisiana in 98, but Simmons surpassed him by six yards. And then Ron Sellers was at 260 and at 259. In fact, the former Florida State star in the late 60s had three of the top 10. And Jockway Nunnally is the reason why you can't say Naeem Simmons has the most yards ever in any level of Florida college football because Florida A&M in 1997, Jockway Nunnally hit 289 yards against North Carolina A&T. Before we hear from Byron Brown and his head coach, here's a little bit of the rundown, not just the AAC Offensive Player of the Week, but national recognition, part of the Davey O'Brien Award, Great Eight Quarterbacks of the Week, and the Manning Award, Stars of the Week, first South Florida player to be given that recognition since 2018 when Blake Barnett threw for 411 against Illinois, which was the second most yards in a Bulls football game for a quarterback until the 435 that Brown posted on Saturday. The Manning Award is sponsored by the All-State Sugar Bowl and has eight different quarterbacks. Familiar name among those, by the way, Jordan McLeod, who is now at James Madison, didn't have nearly as many yards, but also provided six touchdowns, four through the air and two on the ground. And what they call the Davy O'Brien Award, it's the great Davy Double Eight, meaning 16. It's kind of convoluted. Uh, Obviously, Mr. Brown would have ended up on any number of lists, but when you had 16, there was also another kind of local tied name, and that is Rocco Becht, the son of Anthony Becht, who is at Iowa State and did some good work for them over the weekend. Well, obviously, his head coach could go on and on about Brian Brown as he does here. You knew he was going to get asked about his QB at his weekly press conference. You know, Byram is certainly mature beyond his years. I think what's been fascinating about Byram is you're watching him grow as we're watching him grow. He's gotten better every single week. I think what, what's helped Byram more than anything is is how he plays, but he practices like that. He is in here all day, every day like that. He's got He's got a really, really cool upside to where you just see him continue to gain confidence as he goes. Uh, he's got a, a true next play mentality where something bad will happen and he's got both in his body language and then evidenced by how he's played, he's got the ability to bounce back like nothing ever happened, which is a, a really incredible trait and certainly for a quarterback, one that you got to have. Um, so he's wired the right way. He works the right way. I, I think the thing that's been fascinating to watch is how the team has kind of rallied around him like he and and he has not been uber vocal he's gotten more and more vocal every single game certainly gotten more vocal every day as he's gained confidence he sees other people around him gain confidence he's shown that he'll speak up more and control what's going on more Um, I'm, I'm fascinated just by watching him what it looks like every day every day is like better and better for him both as a player, but certainly as a leader, as a teammate. But he's really brought the team together, not because he's been super vocal, but because the guys on defense see how he works, see how he approaches the game, see how tough he is. Like, like that's a tough kid. Mentally, I say kid, young man, he's about to be 19 on Friday. So um, that'll, be a, a, that'll be a big day for him because it'll be, just be a normal day and he's just going to be in here all day and watching film and getting ready. It's like – 
what's been fascinating more than anything is as he's grown, the guys rally around him. I, I told the story last week, but the, the week before um, it was the Alabama game, threw an interception there at a really critical time in the end zone. And as he was coming off the field uh, with the rest of the offense, every single guy that took the field on defense dapped him up, said, we got you, bro. We got you, bro. We got you, bro. For me, that was like a monumental moment for us in a program where it's now us as a team. I pointed that out to the team. We talked about it as a team. How we now take the next step is is going to determine where we go. But that was the first time in nine months that I saw us actually together having each other's backs in a really critical moment in a really big game. At the same time, then we just talked about the sequence of events in the game on Saturday where the offense fumbles it on the one, the defense gives up a long touchdown. As the defense is coming off the field, the entire offense is out there saying, watch us respond, man, we got you. Like literally, next play. Like moments like that, at least as the head coach, you stand there and you watch it happen. It's everything that you build and everything that you preach. And when adversity hits, does it actually happen? Does it actually come to fruition? I think it's Byron is a huge reason why all of that is happening because they're watching a young guy just keep playing and playing and the way he plays and the way he keeps pushing and his attitude towards it all. Whether he's meant to or not, he certainly brought our team together. And so he's a powerful young guy, incredibly fun to be around because it's always the same. It's, it's positive. It's a smile on his face. And now he's seeing the results of what's been a really long process for him and he's not settling for anything. You know, it's the same outside noise we talked about last week. Everybody that said, man, you played those guys hard. Now those same people are saying, man, you guys got to win, man. Like the future's this or that. Here's the tape. Here's what it looks like. We got so much room to grow. And Byron is the first one in on Sunday watching the same tape saying like, man, statistically it was a really good day. I screwed this up. I screwed this up. I screwed this up. How do we fix it? How do we get better? So He's fascinating. He's really, really fun to be around, really fun to coach. Definitely wanted to include that very last part. I think that states so much. The guy that had all these stats and would eventually get all these awards that we just ran down to you, and he was the first guy Sunday picking apart what he didn't do right. I think that is very, very good to hear. And he also touched on the story that he told last week. It was good to hear him tell it again because if you were listening to Bullseye last week, as he was explaining that story, Coach Golis was getting very emotional about the defense having Byron Bounds back, and, well, his microphone started to get a little bit muffled. It was a clear show this week. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll go ahead and tell you that, of course, we are joined by Coach Golish, Sean Atkins. And why not Naeem Simmons? We had him on two weeks ago. Sean Atkins had a lot to say about Naeem, says he's his guy, told us how he almost didn't become a football player, it was another sport that he was really good at, and his grandfather, who happened to be a football player at the University of Kentucky, basically is the push that Sean Atkins needed to not quit football at an early age. It's fascinating to borrow a word from Coach Golish, and you'll hear it tomorrow. You'll also hear head coach Billy Mole from baseball on his impending induction into the Tulane Athletics Hall of Fame. Sam Barrington caught up with Andre Davis. We need to tell you that it's a great conversation with Andre Davis via Zoom, but we'll also tell you that it happened last week. So if you're wondering how can he talk to the all-time leading receiver in South Florida history in all the big categories and not mention Naeem Simmons' game, it's because it happened before Naeem Simmons' game. So that's going to be the hour that we have for you tomorrow. 
and we are taping with Erica Brennan for next week's show. We'll tell you more about women's golf here in a second, but one more from Coach Golish here on one part of the team that's popping up. It popped up a lot in the first game against Western Kentucky, the penalties. They're getting better, but if you didn't see it, the touchdown celebration by Sean Atkins kind of got him flagged, and then something from a coach after some pushing and shoving on the punt to end the third quarter got him flagged, and neither events went over too well. He's keeping an eye on it. Part I was frustrated about, I talked about it after the game, was the stuff that you can actually control. Um, you know, certainly a couple of those holdings, they're playing penalties. you got to clean them up. Really, all three of those happened on scrambles. You understand when you scramble, like those guys understanding that our guy is going to scramble. Uh, and so letting go when you got to. Preventable, yes, but playing penalties you can, you can grow and, and live with. The, the celebration penalty after the touchdown, I, I hit on that, but complete nonsense. Act like you've been there before. Um, turns out for many of us, we haven't been there before. So um, we, we addressed it. Um, I, Sean certainly felt remorseful there. And then he kind of smiled, said it ain't going to happen again. And, and I certainly trust him on that. The, the one on, on one of our coaches is completely ridiculous and was handled as well. Um, and certainly learning tool for us. But I think we're getting better. Uh, certainly not where we have to be. The ones that we can prevent, we've got to prevent. Um, again, I, I think in a lot of ways there's, there's so much emotion because so many firsts are happening. And I think when it's your first anything, you don't really know how to handle it. That's our growth as a program. That's our growth as a team. I, I imagine and I believe that we'll continue to grow because we're coaching it as hard as anything. I can tell you something. He's got the mix down, in my opinion, of knowing when to get on you and knowing when to praise you and kind of sometimes combining them. I'll give a little insight. I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying this, but before we tape the interview on Tuesday, Naeem was doing a hit via Zoom in our setup with the American Athletic Conference, and <laughs> as he was going off on his way, coach said, so Naeem, you did uh, extra jugs gun today or media interview? <laughs> like giving him some crap, but also realizing fully why he was talking to the media because he is a national story. And yeah, one other thing that was happening, actually while we were talking to Sean Atkins, was Byron Brown finished up his press conference. You'll hear a clip in our next segment, but it was the portion where B.J. Daniels was off to the side, and they just started talking to each other, and I was watching out of the corner of my eye, and Brian Segrist, who is the head of sports information and also helps in a great way organize all the media stuff with football and many sports, was taking a photo of it. So hopefully you saw that. I retweeted it. It was kind of cool to see Byron Brown. You could just... Telly was soaking it in from B.J. Daniels, who was a big part of Bullseye, which airs tomorrow. In just a few minutes, we'll tell you about the very good showings for men and women's golf in their second events of the fall. And we'll also hear from Ireland Simi, a sophomore with the women's tennis team. They played in several matches over the weekend, as did the men. We'll give you a little bit of a recap of that. And again, tomorrow we've got women's soccer at home against East Carolina in a battle for first place. So we'll touch on that, too. But here's a couple of minutes of Byron Brown with the media now. My recorder that I had set up, well, maybe operator error, not hitting record. So this was off of the YouTube feed of the press conference from yesterday, which obviously dropped a microphone <laughs> between the coach and the players speaking. So it's not the best audio quality, but you can certainly make out 
what Byron Brown is saying about the week that was. Some good stuff about, as we begin off, him being more of a leader or being asked to be more of a leader. You'll hear the voice of Joey Johnston here as well. Yeah, initially I was, uh, I let my work speak and all that, but he, he came up to me and said, you, you got to be more vocal. So I've been trying to do that ever since spring happened and into fall camp. And even now, I'm still not like where I want to be and I'm pretty sure not where he wants me to be yet, be at yet. But, you know, just continuing to have an emphasis on that every day and bring, uplift guys and do that, that that's going to be the next step. Naeem had a big game on Saturday. How exciting was it for you to see him break through in that way? It was really exciting because, like I said, uh, he, he comes to practice each and every day and he works as hard as anyone. So just to see him be able to do that on the, on the stage and uh, everyone else to see it as well, what we've seen in practice all the time, I mean, it's just special to see that he got that, that type of success, especially the record as well. So. Coaches out, uh, always calls you tough when he talks about you. Physical toughness, there's mental toughness, there's people who are tough and not so tough. What, what makes, what, what is it about you that I think that gives you toughness? It's not something I think I always had. I had to work on it. Um, my mom, her, and my dad, they both tried to say that you got to be mentally tough before. Like I was physically tough initially, but mentally tough, I was, I was, I was really weak. I mean, one, one coach yelled at me, I get out of my shell and crumble. But now, I mean. I take them yelling as them caring and wanting me to be better, and that's that's all I view it as. So, uh, just going from that play to play, um, not harping on the past and uh, thinking about it too much. How much fun was that to be a part of? Just slinging it around and having that kind of success. It was a lot of fun, especially just being able to execute. And uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure the big guys had a lot of fun. They were protecting. They see deep shots. They're like, oh yeah, and then running backs. They're seeing that, and then they get to just punch it in from, from short and tight ends as well. So, I mean, I think it was re- really uplifting for the whole team because, I mean, previously we haven't been able to hit those deep balls, and I take that full responsibility, and I, I clean it up in practice and just try to get on the same page as my guys. And just seeing that hard work and practice come to come to light. So it was really fun to see, really fun to do, and can't wait to do it again. Again, some good insight, nothing fancy but you hear him say it and you know you're watching the game and seeing them miss the open deep shots and thinking well they're having issues with the passing game well they know it and he's the quarterback and he takes responsibility for it and you could absolutely hear that he wanted to fix it and they did fix it and you just heard him leave off and let's hope they do against navy can't wait to do that again